episode 10. What a milestone for the 1 to 5 podcast. Thanks, you guys, for listening. We appreciate it. Go out and tell your friends. Subscribe. All that kind of cool stuff. Um, follow us. Follow us on Instagram at 1 to 5 underscore podcast. Keep up with us there. We appreciate it so much. On this episode, episode 10, we finish out the book of Ruth, chapter 4. Awesome discussion. And we look about how it is a road to redemption, as Andrew said at the very beginning of this study. Go back and check out the rest of the episodes. I believe it's five prior to this one. Um, also, um, we get into talking about on the back side of this something funny. Uh, Andrew's week, um, pre and post surgery. So, hope you guys check it out and enjoy the show. And thank you so much for listening. It is a milestone, Andrew. It is now episode 10. Last week, I actually said episode 8. I was one behind. Last week was actually our episode 9, and here's episode 10. This is a milestone, brother. Yeah, man. This is, We've been doing this all summer. Can you believe that? I can't. I can't. And I've enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed going through uh, the Book of Ruth, but I've also enjoyed telling all of our funny stories and stuff like that and sharing that on Instagram at 125 underscore podcast on instagram so uh i have so enjoyed it tonight's gonna be a cool show man i'm i'm pretty stoked about it and we will close out the book of ruth we've also had a very big week in that our boy andrew who i call the golden boy uh isn't as nasally as he was a week ago a oh. week a week ago you were staring down the pipe of getting your nose rotorooted out no i was so ready I was so ready. That was a great surgery. I had a lot of fun. A great surgery. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess I guess I want to let you kind of have control of the show, meaning that I want to let you pick. Like, do you want to go and talk about Ruth first because we're gonna probably take up a lot of our time there, or do you want to go more and and talk about your week, which will probably also expand a lot there. Which one would you rather do first? Fun <laughs> stuff or go deep first. Let's let's go deep first, man. I'm ready to get into Ruth. Let's okay. All right. Well, that's what we'll do. And uh, we're coming in in chapter four. We'll close it out tonight, and we already know where we're going next week, and we'll we'll share that uh, with y'all a little bit later. Um, but Ruth chapter four, and as we get going here, I want to kind of catch us up just to briefly nutshell this thing. Um, obviously, you can go back five episodes and go with us through this whole thing, um, generally, they're in the second segment if you the rest of the stuff. Um, but basically, what we have is a family who moved away from their homeland, God's land for them, and moved away from it in search for food. And in the midst of that, um, they the two sons marry Moabite women. They moved to Moab. Moab and Bethlehem, polar opposites. So these were foreigners coming into a land that uh, of people that didn't practice the same way that they did. Well, the two sons of Naomi and Elamelech marry Moabite women. Uh, in the process, Elamelech, the father of the family, dies. So now Naomi is a widow. And then her two sons die as well. And so she, now she has her daughters-in-law with her, and they're very hungry. They have no way to provide for themselves. And so now they journey back to Bethlehem at the point of the barley uh, fest. Or not the bar, the fish, the bar fest. <laughs> I don't know what bar fest is, but it sounds really fun. Okay. It, well, hey, I'll say this. 
um, she didn't know it, but for um, for Ruth, it was about to be a barley fest once Boaz came. <laughs> <laughs> about to be a party, man. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Orpha, one of the daughters-in-law, stay back. Uh, that was Naomi's prompting, but Ruth committed herself to her and said, wherever you go, I'm going. Your God is my God. And she went back into Bethlehem with her. And went, upon returning, Naomi was a very bitter person, even changing her name and telling everybody that God's hand is against me. In the process, um, Ruth then goes out and begins to glean, which means she comes in and she gets what's left over from the first fruits. And she gleans uh, in a man's field known as Boaz. Boaz begins to meet with her and inquire who she is and come to find out that she is Ruth, the Moabite, who is also connected to Naomi. And Boaz, come to find out, is actually a kinsman of Elamelech. And so Boaz brings uh, Ruth in, welcomes her in, protects her, provides for her, sends her home with barley. Naomi kind of speeds up the process in that wanting to get them hitched. And uh, Boaz kind of pumps the brakes on that and says, I I'm, I'm definitely would love to redeem you. That was Old Testament law. We'll talk a little bit about that here in a second. Mm -hmm. I would love to redeem you, but I'm not first of kin. And kind of passes that off. There's another kin and tells her to wait. And that's where we kind of ended last week. I thought with a great discussion with Aubrey talking about waiting. I loved what you guys said with um, – just y'all's insight in, in relationships, college, you know, there's a lot of waiting where y'all are at right now. Um, and even even this process of going back to college with, um, um, you know, COVID and everything that's going on, y'all have so much that's uncertain. Yeah. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And so we kind of talked about the waiting process. Um, we talked about relationships, which is what we're talking about here with Boaz and Ruth. I mean, this is a relationship that, that uh, I believe that both of these individuals want, but you can tell Boaz wants to do it the right way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Ruth, not knowing all the customs, is just kind of walking around trusting these people, you know, who are trusting God and trying to follow God's way. And that's where we are right now is entering chapter four. Boaz is about to go and basically meet that kinsman that is the rightful redeemer. Yeah. And, and basically what that Redeemer would do, would he would be um, the one that would come in and right all the wrong that had happened in the widow's life, Kinsman's life. Um, and so in, in chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, um, Boaz met the rightful Redeemer. This is the closest kin to uh, Elamelech, and he met him at the gate. Mm -hmm. he, didn't, he didn't come along. He brought overseers of the community with him. So it was clear that Boaz was doing this rightly and lawfully, and there was nothing done in secret. Now, let's keep in mind, Andrew, that, that at any point, Boaz could have taken advantage of Ruth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She was, a, she was a woman. You know, he had what she wanted. And at any point in time, he could have had a harlot here. He could have, yeah. he could have used her as an object, but he didn't. Yeah. You know? And I, I want to bring this to light, too, that, you don't know if this redeemer, this other closest uh, uh, kinfolk or whatever, you don't know if he knew about this or not. I mean, I imagine he did, but if he didn't know about it and, and Boaz just went ahead and went with it, I mean, that guy would have never known. But again, Boaz on the other side would have reaped the consequences of uh, if his actions of not doing it the correct way in order of the law. Right. So right. And and see, there's so much more than than Ruth that's connected to this. I think that's the biggest piece 
but but what's connected to this is land you yeah. know yeah and so so you think about boaz he's not taking advantage he could have a free almost a free field here yeah Could have. he's going and he's saying well it's not rightfully mine yet <clears throat> and so he does this rightfully and lawfully does it before the overseers of the community nothing's done in secret here so he informs the relative of Lamelech's um, that the land is to be redeemed and he he offered he's like please you know, this is this is yours for the taking all right and so as we move into verses five and six of chapter four Boaz tacked on Ruth to the purchase at the very beginning he said there's a field that's to be redeemed yeah. And, it, and if you read the scriptures, it's kind of unclear as to who who's talking. And I, I'm pretty sure, as I read it, that it seems as though the guy takes it. Yeah, like he does. He, he does. I'll re- yeah, I'll redeem the field. Yeah. Then Boaz comes back and he's like, but you can't forget about Ruth. Yeah. Because Ruth goes with this field in that Ruth was in the house of Elimelech. And so, therefore, whatever Elamelech possesses is now this man's to care for. Mm -hmm. This is not a slave trade that's happened. Let's not get that confused. He's not selling Ruth off here. No, this is this is a whole this is a family ordeal. This is not uh, this is not a business transaction, really. Exactly, exactly. And so, this man would then take not only the field to be a caretaker of it, but over the house of Elamelech, and that included Ruth, and it also included Naomi. Yeah. So once Boaz tacked on the purchase of the land, tacked Ruth onto the purchase of the land, um, and basically he says, and the reason that you're going to do this is to raise up the name of this of the deceased. And this is Old Testament law in Deuteronomy 25.5 is that basically that first kinsman had the responsibility and the duty to continue on the line. Mm-hmm. That's why they would redeem them. They would right the wrong they would continue on the line. Yeah. You remember what I said way back at the very beginning of this is that in the old in the early world, whenever your line was cut off, it was looked at as ultimate punishment from God. And so here to have your name or your line or your bloodline redeemed, that was that was hope. I mean, that was that was what God said. This is law that the closest of kin was to come in and redeem that name and continue on that bloodline. But here's the thing. Remember we said that the guy was, was on board for the land, but once Ruth was tacked on to carry on the name there. Who's a foreigner. Yeah. to the Yeah. She was a foreigner. Yeah, let's not forget that. This yeah. is not, this is not a, a Bethlehem citizen here. This is a Moabite. Yeah. And this Moabite. is not a very clean transaction either. Like, <laughs> you know, he takes on the field. That's good. And that's all good and happy and whatever. But he's also getting a foreigner and a widower who's literally lost everything. Absolutely, and ha- and it has. I mean, all all they have to their name is this field, you yeah. know, Lamelech. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. Everything else they were very needy of. All yeah. right. So so realistically, these ladies had nothing to offer this kinsman. Nothing. And 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 don't you know that that Ruth um, knew what this felt like? She she was baggage to Naomi. And so now, don't you think that she would, in a sense, maybe she feels baggage to this kinsman, you know? (laughs) So this scared off this kinsman. He said, no, 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 I can't do it. This is yours. (laughs) I mean, thank God it scared him off, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, that was God's will, you know? Um, But he saw Ruth and 
and the potential son that Ruth would maybe give him. And who knows if Ruth would have given a son. It may have been a daughter, and he would have really been burdened there. But he looked at Ruth and the potential child as a burden financially. That's how that kinsman was looking at it. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So he passed it off to Boaz. He said, Boaz, it is yours. It is yours to redeem. It's yours to redeem. And and here's the thought that I had, and, and we can kind of expound on this if you want to, Andrew. Jesus paid the price to purchase us from sin, the full price, every bit of it, everything that went with it. And we have nothing to offer him, nothing to offer him, nothing that we can give him. Everything that we are is, is you know, we receive from him, obviously, you know, and he, he purchases us with all of our baggage. All right. He mm -hmm. knowingly did it. And he tells us that we're not a burden to him. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Wow. And not to mention, he knows the times that once we finally accept him as our Lord and Savior, he knows the times that we're going to mess up and quote unquote forget about him, yeah. disobey him knowingly. And he still says, you're still worth it. Yeah. And he knows when we're going to walk back on our own commitment to him. But yet he still says, I want you. You're not a burden to me. He doesn't. I mean, just like this kinsman ran away. That is not Jesus. No. It's like Boaz standing there saying, I want you, all of you. I'm not, I'm not, I don't care about the field. Notice that Boaz doesn't care about the field here. No. Boaz is focused on Ruth here. Yeah. What a man. <laughs> what, Andrew? What is he? He is a freaking snack. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. All right. So, cool. So, and then we get into verse 7 through 10. And so there's a, there's an exchange here. And there's kind of a weird business deal that happens here, okay? We know if you read in the Bible that there's weird things that we see that happened in this culture. We talked about one a few weeks ago where um, Ruth came and, and laid at um, Boaz's feet, you know, and that's how women entered the bed and different things like that. So we looked at that. That was weird, but listen to this. So to prove to everybody, all the overseers there, that this – quote-unquote purchase had been made, there was an exchange of the sandal. Literally, Boaz um, received the sandal from the, the kinsman. Yeah. And what that was was a surrendering of saying, this is now yours. Now, Boaz didn't keep the sandal. It's not up on his mantle somewhere. He would give it back. But it was just a, just a uh, ceremony of sorts before the overseers. All right? And so with the land, he also received Ruth. But, but again, I want to state that this was not a, a transaction of money. No money was exchanged here. There was not him buying her as if she was a slave. That didn't happen here, okay? We see that in other places of the Bible where, where um, dog, I can't remember the name, and I know there's people banging their heads, but basically God told him and buy this harlot. Do you know that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Hosea. Hosea and Gomer. Right, yeah. and he went and purchased her after she left and ran away. Well, that's not that's not happening here. There's no money being exchanged here. Mm -hmm. All right, he's just forfeiting the right to, uh, quote unquote, own the field or take or redeem uh, the possessions of the elect. Absolutely, absolutely. So he took in Ruth. Now Boaz has Ruth, and this is so the name would not be cut off. The name of 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 Elamelech would not be cut off. Now Ruth is in with someone who was kin of Elamelech. Um, and, and I just came to this. Jesus paid the price so that you and I and anybody in the world, anybody, whosoever in the world that, that took him and accepted his gift of grace, he paid the price so that we would not be cut off. Yeah. Wow. 
And, and that's what we see with Boaz is the whole reason he's demon here is not a field. He already has a field, Andrew. He's got plenty. He's got plenty. He's got plenty of barley. He's got he's got servants. He's got it all. He doesn't need anything else. But notice this, that, that Boaz keeps focusing on Ruth. And he knows the Old Testament law, and he knows that to continue on this bloodline, redeem the name. Jesus paid the price so that you and I and whosoever believes in him, that we would not be cut off, that we would not perish. Mm-hmm. This is such a parallel, such a pointing ahead uh, 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 to the gospel. And what love is it that God purchases us, purchases us not when we're righteous, but when we're filthy, purchases yeah purchases the ones who all out reject him and spit at him in the face. He purchases them so that they would not be cut off from him for eternity. But it's up to us to accept it. It's up yeah. to us to accept it. And yeah. and we, if you notice here that Ruth and Naomi had no means to go and quote unquote clean up themselves. Mm-hmm. They couldn't, you know, and Boaz was totally cool with like, dude, I'm taking you as you are. Yeah. Like you're my family, and I love you guys. So absolutely, absolutely. He's not. He's not trying to hide the fact that she's a Moabite. No, <laughs> no, no. And I think Boaz was. He's a really smart businessman because I like how he brought her up after the fact because he knew that might be a deal breaker for this guy. Absolutely, know? absolutely. So, man, that's 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 good stuff. So as we get into eleven through thirteen, you got anything else you want to add? I don't want to just run through this. I mean, if there's anything that stuck out to you so far, no, I just want to point this out again this is a story of redemption of course we're seeing the redemption part really heavily right here yeah right I, dude i've got that written down at the bottom of my notebook right now i'm looking at it so yeah, i'm sorry i skipped ahead there my bad <laughs> no no <laughs> i'm just saying at the very beginning of this when we busted open ruth chapter one i mean that's what you kind of titled the road to redemption and and it's been kind of slowly unfolding and then bam in chapter four if it don't happen really fast you know <laughs> yeah so in 11 through 13, the elders witnessed the, the event. They witnessed the exchanging of the sandal. They witnessed the words that were said, and they blessed it. Now, they go on to say this. They say a blessing over the woman of his household, which means Ruth. They say, may you be like Rachel and Leah. Rachel and Leah were mentioned here, and these were the harlots of Jacob. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So, so they were mentioned in a prayer. May you be like them now. I don't believe that these men uh, meant may you be a harlot. I don't believe that. No, um, no. But I do believe that they mean the fruitfulness of your womb. Because Rachel and Leah were some fruitful uh, uh, ladies as far as their womb is concerned, okay? Yeah. These were who bore the sons uh, to Jacob, and they were the pillars of our faith, all right? But here's something that stood out to me, Andrew, is the fact that these ladies were hidden. They were very sinful ladies, obviously, that they were involved with a harlot and all that kind of stuff. But listen to this. In a sin, or in sin, harlotry as we're talking about, God redeemed through birth. So there was birth of sons, and through that lineage, A, we get to where we're at with Ruth and Boaz, but we go beyond that to Jesus. Jesus would redeem a whole line of sinners. Whole line of sinners. Yeah. And that includes us as well. Yeah. So in sin, God redeemed through birth, and that's through Jesus Christ. A greater birth, where we're at with, with, with Boaz and Ruth, there's a greater birth that's coming, and that's Jesus Christ. Wow, I like, I like that, I like that <laughs> phrase, through, uh, through, through birth there came a redemption, man. That's awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, these are just things that, as I read it, I mean, they just stood out to me how this book 
small, but loudly points ahead to the gospel. I mean, yeah. loudly. Yeah. So he says this, uh, the continued on in their blessing, he said, may you become famous in Bethlehem. Okay. So um, I don't mean to ruin this, but I, I kind of have to. Uh, here in just a few lines, I mean, generation, David is going to be born through the line, and David was the greatest king in Israel's history until Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so may you become famous in Bethlehem. When you think of Bethlehem, what's the first thing that comes to your mind, Andrew? When Jesus was born there. Absolutely. There it is again, a greater birth, Jesus being born in Bethlehem, redeemed, made famous right there. That's so, so big. If people couldn't see this coming now, I don't know. Well, of course, you know, there had to be a lot of prophecy going on before then, but, you know, still. In the blessing also, he mentions Tamar. And if you go back and read in Genesis, I want to say it's somewhere around 28, 29. It may, may even be way before that. I'm not exactly sure. But Tamar was actually a foreigner. So, so I believe here there is some direct just pointing out the fact that Tamar is mentioned in the lineage, and she's a foreigner, and here you are. You're looked over, you know? Yeah. So Ruth would give birth to a son. That, that's what we hear in, in, in 13. Ruth would give birth to a son. And obviously, God is the giver of life. God determines who gets a, a daughter and who gets a son. We don't determine that. I don't care what culture tells you. We don't determine that. We can't control that at all. No, no. I don't. I mean, and if they have scientific breakthroughs to where you can, I'm telling you this right now. I, I believe that you're wrong if you participate in that. But that's just my opinion because I, I believe so too. No, I, no. I know the Bible says make man in your own image. But I don't think that at all is what God meant by that. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. So Ruth would give birth to a son, God-given son, because God knew that through this line there was going to be a greater son that would come. So as we go in, in verses 14 through 15, the very women who witnessed Naomi's bitterness witness to her of the Lord's blessing. So these women that are in town begin saying a blessing and testifying to Naomi, saying, remember how bitter you were? But look at how the Lord has blessed you. And don't you know that was sweet to for Naomi to hear in that moment? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Think about how bitter she had been. She changed her name to, I believe it was Mara, because she was so bitter and saying that the Lord's hand was against her. And now, just a few chapters over, here is the Lord blessing her, and, her, and his hand is obviously with favor on her back. And so... Here, these women are saying, remember the bitterness? It's now gone because the Lord has blessed you. <laughs> That's redemption. Naomi was redeemed right there. Right. Yeah. And she did not do anything. She no. didn't go clean herself up. She didn't go do these certain rituals or anything. She just sat there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. She was secondarily redeemed because of Ruth and Boaz. You know, you know. I think here's here, if you go back to the end of chapter 3 and what we talked about last week, I think Naomi took the Lord's advice. You know, when the Lord says, wait on the Lord. Yeah. Because Naomi was one telling Ruth to wait. So Naomi took the Lord's advice and, and Naomi was waiting too. And look at God, look at what he did. And, and, and there, I can't, I hate to keep pointing back to last week, but if we would just take the Lord's advice, wait on him, that doesn't mean do nothing. We can still pray, we can still seek, we can still serve, we can still witness, we can still do all that. Yeah. But we're waiting 
upon his hand, his direction, and, and on him to deliver in supernatural ways, and, and he will. And so I believe that Naomi took his advice, and she was waiting, and here the women are saying blessings that, are, that have come your way. So as we wrap it up in 16 through 22, um, I don't want to just gloss over it, but it's, it's just really just talking about um, um, the fact that this baby was laid in Naomi's lap, and, and she nursed him. Now, that doesn't mean that she adopted him. It just meant that she took care of him. Yeah. Um, baby was laid in Naomi's lap. Now, let's pause there for a second. Everything that we've been through, just you and I just reading this over the last five, six weeks, think about the journey that Naomi and the feelings and the bitter and the roller coaster that Naomi has felt. Imagine what that felt like when that baby, that, that son was laid in her. Man, that, that's her, that's her, uh, that's her family line right there, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's her blood. Uh, you know, just the redemption of, of just her bloodline continuing. The name would not end. And there she is holding that baby. Um, I can take you back to whenever Audrey was first born. And and whenever they placed the baby in my hands, A, I was scared to death. <laughs> I didn't want to move wrong or anything. But there was a realness of, wow, this is real. You know, and this yeah. is this is a life that that necessarily, you know, obviously I didn't cre- create as far as, you know, I didn't give that life more or less i received it from god you know and just how it all worked together and everything i was blown away you know and i didn't have half the roller coaster that naomi had you know she at one point had no hope and here she is holding hope in her hands you know but but here's here's a sidebar andrew do you think or just think about the fact that she didn't even fully grasp the hope that she was holding in her hands if you fast forward it to Jesus is going to come through this bloodline, she's holding the bloodline of hope in her hands. She's holding the bloodline of redemption, the same thing that happened to her. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah. So they named him Obed, and um, he is, uh, and basically that name means worshiper and servant. I think that's pretty cool. Um, worshiper and servant. And he is the grandfather of David, King David. Obed, the, this whole story, this whole story produces the grandfather of David, and David would be a, the, the best king in Israel that would point forward to an even greater king, Jesus, that would come through this very bloodline. These two women were redeemed, but, but, but I want to go deeper than that, Andrew. It's not just these two women. It's not just Naomi and Ruth. It's not just this story. We are redeemed through this bloodline. Yeah. We are. Yeah. Our redemption story, Andrew. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And it's only a four-chapter book. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and you look at all the other books around it, first and second Samuel, and then you've got Judges right behind it, which is like uh, like 16 chapters. No, it's, no, it's more than that. It's 20, 23 chapters. Yeah. And then you got this little four one, this full four-chapter book in the middle. Where a monumental birth comes through, absolutely, and a monumental story, absolutely, we cannot overlook these little stories and how big of a of a key role they play in the bloodline of Jesus and the redemption story throughout the whole Bible. Yeah, yeah, and 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 here let's let's talk for, about Boaz for a second because I mean the fact that he's a snack's been kind of a kind of a tongue in cheek thing that we've said, but let, let's let's look at it like this, Andrew. Supernaturally, what did he do? Nothing. Nothing. He did what he was called to do. Was he was to redeem his family. He was obedient. 
That's all he was. He was an obedient man of God. Was he perfect? No, because I, I'm sure if we spent much longer in here, we could find his faults. I'm sure we could. Yeah. Did he face temptation? I'm sure that night that Ruth was laying in his bed, temptation was running wild. If he's any kind of man, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Fact of the matter is, he was so focused on being obedient to the Lord that God blessed his obedience. God blessed it. Didn't say that you're perfect. He's not mentioned as anybody perfect. We know that only one person was perfect, and that's Jesus. But God blessed his obedience, and God brought through his line, his lineage, Jesus Christ. What a book, y'all. I'm telling you, you need to go back and listen to, I believe it's now six in a row, and I'll list them a little bit later. I kind of put them out on uh, Instagram story today. Um, but I'll list them a little bit later, too, about just the past ones, that, uh, episodes that we've talked about this book. And, um, man, I love this book. I fell in love with it uh, sometime last year, honestly. It may have been this year. It's been such a weird year. <laughs> but yeah. I fell, I fell in love with it, and I enjoyed reading it back through again and studying it again. So um, it's good stuff. Anything you want to add on, on that book, man? It's a story of redemption. Like I said at the first, I'll end with it now. I mean, just it's so apparent that the gospel is in this. The picture of the gospel is in this. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no way you, you can't like deny that at all. Sorry. Absolutely. So we're sitting there um, in church to, today, and we've gone through a, a study of Acts um, with students and, and even with the college students um, through this COVID Zoom weird year. Um, but, uh, Andrew sends me a text about, um, when it acts six that you, you yeah, talked? yeah, it was act six. I was just kind of reading through about Stephen. Uh, and, and so next week we're going to tackle that and we don't know, I don't know yet how, how long it, it'll take. It may take one week. It may take two, um, but we're going to tackle act six. So if anybody out there listening wants to kind of get ahead on and listen and read through that, we're going to break that down next week and, and just um, open that up, begin busting that open. Acts is such a powerful book, but if we started Acts on this podcast, my gosh, Andrew, we would never get through. I'm telling yeah, you. 2024, we might be done with it. Yes, yeah, so we may have to call it a one to five Acts podcast. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but the but, Acts edition or something like that. Yeah. It had to be a whole different channel, you know, or yeah. a show or whatever. As I, as I said at the very beginning of, of studying Ruth, you know, we don't want to force our beliefs on anybody. We don't want to force the Bible on anybody. But what we want to do, and I hate to quote, well, I don't hate to quote Piper here, but I quote Piper here is open windows and doors for people to step in and see the gospel, see the goodness of God through. And um, that's what we're going to do um, anytime we, 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 we can and, and whatever comes across our heart and mind. And if anybody, you know, says, hey, y'all bust this open, we'll, we'll do our best. And if we don't know, we'll give you the theological answer of, I don't have a clue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I just want to say this as an encouragement to whoever, like, if you're on the fence of, you know, trying to read the Bible and you're having a hard time understanding it, I hope this podcast kind of, you know, shows you that you don't have to understand stuff very theologically deep. I mean, if yeah. you just listen to me and some of the stuff that I bring up, it's not very theologically deep i just put myself in boaz's shoes or ruth's shoes you know and through doing showing that empathy just in these stories you see god in these and how you know how how would you react if you were you know helpless like ruth and naomi how would you feel and and all these other stuff so 
the word can become alive to you by showing empathy in, in some of these stories. That's how I do it. Now, I don't, I don't know if you've got a different way or whatever, but it just shows you two points of view of how to study the Bible and look at it through different lenses. That's dead on, man. And, and that's the only way that I can really absorb the Bible is I, I put myself there. Now, now, now I'm careful because I think there's also a tendency for a lot of people to put themselves as the hero of the story. They want to be David and David versus Goliath. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't take that approach. I can't I, because God is the hero. I am nothing. I'm I'm the I am the 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 nervous rat over in the corner that screwed it up somehow. You know, <laughs> he's always the hero. But I try to look at how they and and that's the whole thing of this whole one to five podcast is we are trying to show y'all how a one on the enneagram and the five on the enneagram how we're different kind of personalities and wired different, but how we process all of this and and even just I hope you hear as we go through these stories and. That, that Andrew pulls out something that I didn't see and that I pull out something Andrew didn't see and we both maybe look at it and approach it a little bit different. But we come to the same, you know, decision in the end is, is God's glory, you know, and that's, that's what we want to do is, is to turn you on to reading these scriptures and give you hope um, because I believe that's what the world needs um, needs right now. So, yeah, cool, man. Cool, cool. So, I'm a huge student of the Bible. I love the Bible, um, and I can get off deep at times, but I try to break it down and dumb it down and, and, and make sense to me, I guess you could say. And the only way I can do that is through the help of the Holy Spirit. So yeah. so anyways, all right, cool. So, man, that's good stuff. I hope everybody got a blessing out of that. When we come back, um, we are going to dissect this past week, and it has been a heck of a week. And it has been the first week since – what was it, March, that I have not been around my brother, Andrew. Yeah. And I am having major withdrawals from you. Uh, <laughs> and I offered you twice this week to come back, and you denied me. And <laughs> I'm very heartbroken on that. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to play two clips of, of something that I, uh, at times I called you on the other side of this break, and we're going to kind of break that down and, and talk about your week um, with the minutes we have left. So we'll be right back a- after this. Oh, boy. All right, welcome back. And uh, this past week has been, um, it seemingly has been a long week, Andrew. Um, yeah, yeah, I could, I could say the same thing. You had surgery on Monday. We saw this thing coming. My wife has had this surgery twice. Um, and and God I, bless her. Do I? God bless your wife, man. Twice? <laughs> I, I could not imagine doing this twice. Well, cool. her first time was by far the roughest. Um, but yeah. the second time she was a pro at it, you know, and, and she works, I mean, she's a nurse. So, I mean, she's obviously on the go and sees the worst of the worst and all this kind of stuff. Um, she works at a wound center, so she sees a lot of bad stuff, but she was at least in a, in a closed environment and she could sit at a desk or, or do some secretary type work. Um, and, and so she was able to go back to work quickly, but yeah. I knew our style of work in landscape and the dust, the heat, the, the straining, we're on a heavy, heavy rock job right now. I knew this was it for Andrew. Yeah. And it was really three weeks before he was supposed to go back to state. And so, um, anyways, um, I had kind of prepared myself for that, but you hadn't. Um, no. You said, uh, I would be, you said you would be back by Thursday, and I laughed in your face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he was going to be back. Let's see what got me was he told me it was going to be a day surgery. 
I'm like, oh, it's gonna be like a wisdom tooth thing, man. Like, I'm, I'm good. I'll be, I'll be fine. Yeah. I didn't realize this, the whole, you know, the, the whole, the nasty coughing up stuff still and snorting and whatnot. It's just, it's been a trip. It's more than I thought it was gonna be. For, for those of you who don't know, Andrew has these polyps in his sinuses. Not and- anymore. No, well, not anymore, and and so basically they went in and cut them all out. Did the, did you hear any like statistics of how big your polyps were? I don't mean to gross everybody out. They may be. I know. I know if my stepfather Doug my hand is listening, which he will, he's probably headed to the toilet throwing up. Right <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Doug. I didn't. I didn't mean to do this to you, man. <laughs> did, did you hear any statistics? Like, was the right nostril clogged up more than the left, or was there any like golf ball size ones up in there? <laughs> Uh, no, but like before the surgery, like I really felt like my right side of my face was, was a lot more stuffy than the left side was. Um, but when he did like do the whole exam before we even talked about the whole surgery thing, he looked in there with a camera into my nose and was like, Whoa, you got polyps, you know, his reaction. I was like, Oh, this must be serious. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He was a little concerned. He's like, you know, this can like really like kill you. You get infections. I'm like, well, yeah. We, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here's how I want to kind of do this. I want to kind of just share with you um, just kind of like my mindset going into it. And then I called you and then just kind of briefly share my week. And then I called you again. And then we're going to get your breakdown on the other side. Okay. That's right. okay. The okay. Only way. And so in this, I'm going to play two clips um, that I've got to edit in. And so we'll kind of kind of talk about it. So, so basically – Again, I knew what this would entail, um, and I knew that he was going to be gone and, and, and all this stuff. And Andrew is my right-hand man. I mean, not just work-wise. I mean, just brotherhood-wise. I mean, he, he and I have just grown exponentially as friends as he's gotten out uh, of the youth group and different things. But uh, I called him on Monday, and uh, it had already started off crazy. Um, and Monday was when his surgery was. I was mm-hmm. in the gym, you know, just, I mean – I mean, killing it, man. This 34-year-old's trying to get back in 24-year-old shape, okay? <laughs> um, and as I'm getting ready to leave, I get a text from Wade about how he's panicking about not being able to find his keys. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's bad. So I call Andrew because I, I give him one more shot to back out of the surgery. So I'm going to play this clip right quick. What's up, man? What's going on? You got that morning, morning sound to your voice. Uh, I have no doubt. Are you ready to get cut in the nose and roto-rootered and all that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I'd be nervous, but I'm ready for this thing to be over. I would say the one thing I'm more nervous about is the the after pain and the 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 running of nose and blood and ugh, all that nasty stuff. Oh, look, I'm just going to cut to the chest. I'm going to have to ask you to back out of this surgery, okay? I'm just – I it's Monday, and I've got a long week without you at work, and Wade has already contacted me. And and first of all, he thought we started work at 630. Oh. I had to correct him on that. And then I'm, I'm about to go – man, I've put in a workout. I mean, I've been banging and clanging and all this stuff. I get a text that says, I can't find my keys. <laughs> And so he's like freaking out. And I said, listen, I'm going to change. And then I'm headed to Lowe's. I'll just let me know what's up. I'm going to see if I can borrow Tom's truck. What? 
I said, okay, well, I can come back to your house. Of course, that'll put me, you know, 20 minutes behind, but I can come back to your house and get you. Uh, I don't man. Oh, I found them. I'm on. All right, so, <laughs> it's all. So, seriously, I'm going to have to ask you, just take one for the team here. You, you've done good this far having stuff up in your nose. You're just coughing up stuff. Just deal with it. And, and, and. I've got to ask you to do that for me, please. I, I would if I didn't have concrete up my nose and I've already like hyped myself up for this. Like I've already got the whole game face on. I've been having like the whole locker room talk, you know, hyping myself up. So I don't think I can do it. So you're, so you're really going through with this. You're, 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 you're past the point of I'm faking this surgery to get some sympathy. You're really going through Not with this. Faking the surgery. I swear. <laughs> uh, anyways. Talking, yeah, be fine. I'll be seventy-five percent. I'm good. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to holler at you this morning and tell you that I'm thinking about you. And uh, is your dad going with uh, you? No, mom is. We're actually going to leave her in like okay. about fifteen minutes. She wants to go get donuts and sit there and hunt and you can't hunt me. Okay, I'm starving right now. Not only that, but I, I'm not going to have coffee. All right, so I'm not going to be able to answer any of their questions, you know. I'm not even going to know my name, you know, my birthday. You're going to be ornery. You're going to be ornery here in about an hour. I'm going to be pissed off. And so there it is, Andrew. I called you. I told you that I care about you. I told you that I, you know, I hope you came through this. But I offered you. I said, if you would just come back. I explained to you everything about Wade. But I said, if you would just push the doctor back and think about me in this instance and just come back to work, you denied me. You denied me. I can't help you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm breathing so much better. I can't help it. Did y'all hear how nasally he sounded on that call? Yeah, he could have endured. Okay. He had gone this far. He could have kept going just a little bit more. I mean, if you had a, if you had, okay, let me ask you this. If you had an opportunity to miss school for a week, or miss work for three weeks. Which one would you choose? Oh, uh, I am very upset. You're having to think about that right now. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but look, okay, look. Yes, I, I would miss getting paid at work. I would, but I, I do risk if I miss a week of failing college and then being there another year. At worst, I miss. Nah, I don't know my normal wages for three weeks. Andrew has. I'm sorry. Has our relationship? This is not about you. I has it reduced down to you getting? I'm being pinned. I'm being. I am being framed here. I'm being framed again, <laughs> from golden boy to just selfish jerk. That, <laughs> that's exactly what this is. So, anyways, Andrew turned me down, and he went through with the surgery. In the meantime, Wade informs me, and he lost his wallet. Okay, he had a horrible. <laughs> Uh, Tuesday, I believe it was. I mean, just he, he seemingly over the weekend lost everything. Okay? <laughs> and so he was just irritable uh, from Monday all the way to Thursday. Okay. <laughs> he was so irritable. And so, and, and by the way, I had, and this is going to set up something on the other side. There is one piece of information that I gave Andrew that I know made him panic, and he'll he'll expound on that in a second. But I told him that they was going to make him strip butt naked before he went into surgery. He did. <laughs> he did not believe me. He did not believe me at all. Oh. 
I know. Anyways, so Thursday, <laughs> I get a text from you where you say, are you home? And I know what that means, that somebody's about to swing by. And by the way, I appreciate the heads up. This five appreciates the heads up. Hey, man. I like a heads up, too. So, you know. So, um, to which I know what he wants. It's not to see me. It's not. It's yeah, okay. Not, it is to get your checks. And so, I offer you yet another um, opportunity to to stand up for your brother here, okay? And so, so here's <laughs> this piece of uh, audio. I'm guessing the only reason you're asking if I'm home is because you want to drop by and get paid for the work of your last two weeks. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But, man, I, I dropped in and I just saw Wade, and I gave him, uh, gave him a little present I picked up for him, and I was like, well, i got to go see Micah. So I just talked to uh, boss man Harry. I had to get him to sign some papers. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm out and about now, man. Dude, it's crazy. No, I, I stopped at a stoplight. And this car just ran this red light and whacked somebody, man. Oh, you saw you saw a wreck before your eyes. Dude, I saw it. Like, pieces went flying everywhere. Oh, dang. Everybody was okay, but gosh. Oh, anyway. Um, I'm not going to let you have these checks, so there's no sense in coming by my house. Um, because I've come up with an idea that I'm just going to hold these checks for ransom. And uh, unless you agree to come back to work, defy the doctor's orders. You've already turned me down once earlier this week before the surgery. So you will not get paid unless you defy the odds and, and come back to work. Well, look, I already defied the doctor and it almost killed me. I can tell you from firsthand experience, that's not a good idea. I heard you that she was out working around on Monday. All right, Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you deserve yeah, yeah. the headache that you get. No, I, I was sick too, man. Gosh, I got, I yeah, my stomach was killing me the rest of that uh, the next day. Okay, well let let me just run this down with you on on why I need you back. Okay, Wade, I already told you that he was running Wait. late Monday when I called you. Okay, we yeah. truck and he's yeah. like, I don't even know where my wallet's at. So. About, I've been dealing with Wade on that day with a lost wallet, to which he sent a picture later that he found it later on that day. Today, today, yeah. he didn't think we was going to work because, you know, they were calling for like a 100% chance of rain. Didn't rain a drop. Um, nope, not a bit. <laughs> so Wade was banking on going to see his nephew. Well, that didn't. So when I picked him up at Lowe's, he has a peak box in his hand. Lunch. He didn't bring his lunchbox. He grabbed last night's pizza and a oh. gas station, and that's what he ate. Oh. <laughs> he probably took poor Tom's food for lunch, too. Well, I think actually Moore got the pizza, and it, he said it was disgusting, the worst pizza he's ever had. And the, by, by looking at it, it was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to tear the checks in <laughs> two unless you agree, uh, but, you know, I, I'm just not, I, I need you to come back. <laughs> to which, yet again, what did you say? You said, no, that you needed your checks more than you needed to come help me. Okay.
Again, I'm being framed. This is not how this is supposed to go. Look, you you tried to deny like everything I was telling you. Like I was telling you, hey man, I need your help. You were like, oh man, I saw a wreck. Like trying to make me feel sorry for asking you for help. Well, I don't think you showed enough sympathy. And then what did I have him out there whenever he came? What did I have you? What did I have you wrapped up? Three awesome cheeseburgers. And he downed them suckers right there. We talked for 20 minutes. I ate all three of them. And he was getting, <laughs> he was getting dry throat. And, of course, this sinus surgery, like, runs rampant on, like, having dry nose, throat, and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, let's yeah. go get you some water. Like, you were <laughs> those burgers down. Oh, oh, yeah. I got through the first one okay, but the second one I was starting to choke. <laughs> So anyways, and I informed you on our week and just how rough it was going and all this kind of stuff. But I do thank you for one thing. Thank you so much for getting Wade a gift because he was having such a seemingly horrible week. When you gave him those socks with a kayaker and a mountain and a river or a creek or whatever on it, that <laughs> son of a gun was so happy. I put it out there on the Instagram, uh, and he was so happy for Free Fun Friday. <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of walking around in the mall, and I was like, whoa, those are Wade. That, that's Wade. And so I just picked him up. Hey, and I, and I went over to his house Thursday uh, when I was doing all that running around, and, you know, before I was coming to see you. I gave him to him, and I said, you need to wear him for Free Fun Friday, man. That'll, that'll help you out. I said, man, I appreciate it. It's even got mountains on them. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like you were there. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, um, that was my week and it was just, it was a long week without you, man. I'll be honest with you. And, and I miss you like crazy already. Uh, but we're going to get together, you know, before you leave and all that kind of stuff. Still got a few days for you, you and juicy head out, but, um, I want to hear from you. Um, just, I mean, we got plenty of time left, so I want to hear from you just how your week ran down and all right. hey, let the listeners know. I already told you the one fear that you had, and I told you you was going to have to strip butt naked. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, was it a fear. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's just – I'm going to take it back to Sunday night. You know, we're all in the house. Aubrey's there. And, you know, I've got, I've got people coming from both sides. They're going to strip you butt naked. They're not going to strip you butt naked. You know, whatever. And so, my grandmother looks at me. She says, Andrew, you know, I wouldn't lie to you. I'm like, well, yes, ma'am. She goes, they're not going to strip you butt naked. I was like, Nana. okay. I was like, I was like, I, I trust you, Nana. I do. I do. So I, I get there and uh, my mom goes with me. And if none of you know my mom, she's, her and I are, we have the same humor. You know, she likes to see me in pain. That's just, <laughs> that, that, that's just it. She just likes to see me in pain. So anyway. So we get to the hospital, they get me into the room or whatever, and I have to put the gown on. Well, the, the nurse says, well, I need you to I need you to take all your clothes off, including your underwear. And at that point, and at that point, the just, my world crumbled. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Now, I don't mean to get too personal, but you was talking about how, you know, you and Harry have this thing about Duluth. Okay. And I haven't yeah. ventured off in the Duluth. All right. So yeah. you were like, no, nah, I'm going to wear my Duluth. You know? I'm going to go ahead and plug Duluth. If you don't have a, the buck neck and underwear and you know, <laughs> you're a man just like looking for underwear, try them out. It is the best thing ever. Right, I'm done. <laughs> so like, I know like I even wore them that day because I'm like, I'm going to have a great day today. You know, I was like, you know, they're going to be down in my, my underwear. You know, they're going to put me on the operating table. At least I look good. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I. 
I, I strip down and I start putting the gown on. My mom is in the hallway right now, just absolutely losing her mind. Okay. I can hear her scream laughing from in the room and nurses are all around out in the hallway. I wish Juicy was here to do that coughing laugh. She does. He does it too. (laughs) (laughs) She's in the corner doing that thing right there. And so like, of course I'm like in a stressful situation. I'm kind of irritated. I'm like, I have to be naked. I have to be naked, you know, whatever. So anyway, I can't get the gown tied. I can't do it. I'm so nervous and irritated. I just text my mom, like, come in here and do it. Of course, she starts horse laughing at me, whatever. (laughs) So, anyway, I I finally get down, you know, and lay in the bed, whatever. They they prep me. They stick me 300 ways before Sunday, all in my wrist and everywhere else. And um, the doctor comes in, and he kind of tells me about the procedure, what not to do afterwards, and uh, which I thought was cool. He prayed over me, man. That was I thought what? that was awesome. Yeah, he, he came in, he prayed over me. Uh, it was really cool. He kind of put me at ease there. And you know, once he left, I told mom, I was like, I'm not nervous about being naked anymore. Like, <laughs> because a man prayed over me. I was like, Jesus is going to be in that operating room. I'm good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clothed in righteousness. I'm sorry. That's a bad preacher joke. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Boo. Fire tomatoes. I was throwing at you. But anyway. Uh, so... I'm like, you know, I'm like, surely they won't take the gown off. I'm good. So, you know, they, in the IV, they give me the nerve medicine, right? So, but I still remember everything as, I, and I'm, as I'm being rolled out of the room into the operating room. And before I leave the room, my mom yells, see you later, Andy. Well, you know, we'll see you after surgery. I'm like, all right, we'll see you. And they roll me out. Well, from then on, all the doctors start calling me Andy. I'm like, well, this is my life now. Okay. And that's so, just a nickname that your parents call you, really. Nobody else really calls you that. No, it's just my mom. It's okay. not my dad. It's just my okay. mom. So I'm like, well, this is a cutesy mom name. Fine, whatever. So I'll roll with it. You're still and, her. Uh, so I remember being rolled down the hallway. I pass another guy, and they're, they're rolling this guy around in a bed. He looked fine. I'm like, I'm like, well, this is not going to be so bad. Well, they roll me to the operating room, and there's about 12 people in there, men and women. I'm like, oh. And at this point, I feel hands start getting around my neck, and they untie my gown. And uh, I remember as as before, I you know jostled myself over to the uh, to the operating table. I just kept thinking, they're all fixing to see me naked, and bam, I was out. <laughs> Last thought before going under. And then I woke up in the uh, yeah. Then I woke up in the recovery room, whatever they call it. I don't really know. And, uh, of course, they're calling me Andy. Andy, wake up, Andy. I'm like, like, that's not my name, but whatever. You know, cool. You know, I'm at this point, I don't know what's going on. I'm so doped up. It's fine. You know, they roll me back into that room that all that embarrassment happened and everything. And, you know, they're like, well, you got to get dressed now. I'm like, okay, I am so drunk off of anesthesia. It is insane. I mean, I can't even see straight. <laughs> and they, they just, just, they were just like, well, get dressed. And everybody left. I was like, well, okay, I don't have any help here. Well, as soon as I stand up, man. And, and Doug, if you might want to plug your ears for this, uh, <laughs> blood goes everywhere. Oh. Somehow it didn't get on my shirt or anything. Blood goes absolutely everywhere, and I'm panicking. All right, I'm in a drunk panic state. If you're bleeding out, I'm bleeding out, and like, and I, uh, I put my shoes on. I'm like, oh, oh, there's blood all over the floor. I'm like, oh, oh gosh. And the nurse comes in, and she freaks out, and she stuffs the gauze in my nose. I'm like, oh, oh, whatever. You so, don't want to see ever see a nurse freak out. Ever. Oh no, 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 no. No, no, but they, they finally get me in the car and we get home and everything. I sleep for, I don't know, four or five hours. So, can I get pause right there? Pause. 
Yeah, yeah. You sent a picture to me and Wade, and can I just be brutally, lovingly honest? Now, you're a handsome fella. I mean, you're a tall, dark-haired fella, okay? You looked horrific, my friend. I mean, horrific. You couldn't even make a thumbs up. It was no. like... Well, if you were stripped naked and came out with a bloody nose in front of a bunch of doctors, you'd look rough, too. <laughs> you had blood all over your face, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> like you ate SpaghettiOs or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, but, you know, whatever. I got through that day fine. Aubrey bought, brought me some ice cream, so I felt, I felt better after that, you know, but... Second day, it wasn't too bad. I was feeling like a champ, and I, you know, I helped my dad in the shop, and I overdid it. And yes, you did. Yeah, no, nah, it was bad, man. The heat got to me, and uh, let's just say day three, I didn't leave my chair at all. You know that and is, I, I mean, that is so unlike you too, Andrew. I mean, because you are you're always up and at them doing something. I mean, something. You know, yeah. you cannot sit and relax. Now you're better than than. Most of the rest of your family, but but you do not sit around. <laughs> well, I, I gotta know what's going on at least, <laughs> you know. And then somehow I found myself on an eight foot ladder, you know. But I'm what? Not gonna talk Are about you that. serious? Well, don't worry, but shit, I'm not gonna talk about that. The worst thing you need to do is be up high so that the gravity is pulling at your sinuses and literally jerking even more blood out of your face. You almost bled out in the hospital. And not to mention, it was like 115 in the shop. It's not. There's no vents or anything in there. But, you know, we're not going to talk about that, okay? We're not going to talk about that. And, and I hope the doctor doesn't listen to this because he's really going to beat me once I have my follow-up appointment with him in a couple of days. So Andy, Andy, Andy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but day four, man, I'm good. And then, uh, yeah, this weekend I'm uh, going strong. So Yeah, yeah. You, look, you look really good at, at church today. Um, but I do want to um, – to get you to tell everybody your encounter with Nana after you said, Nana, I trust you and about <laughs> underwear and not getting naked and all this kind of stuff. I want you to, to, to explain briefly that encounter. Maybe I'm the only one that thinks it's funny, but any Andrew and Nana encounter I think is absolutely hilarious. So she told you, you will not have to do it. And you said, I trust you, Nana. This is your <laughs> grandmother, the patriarch of your family. I mean, just, just this is Nana. Yeah, no. I, I, I just was like, I said, I walked in, I said, Nana, I trusted you. I said, you are my grandmother. You are the wisest. <laughs> and here I was, lied to, stripped <laughs> butt naked, embarrassed, <laughs> felt alone. So I, I'm so sorry. I, I, I love you. And I just, just hit me with the I love you, and that was it. I'm like, well, I can't really say anything to that. Please I, tell I, I just, Please tell me she walked off really fast, like like she didn't want to just deal with like she just walked away really fast. I'm sorry. If, I, those, if those Walker wheels could have smoked in that house, they would have. <laughs> he said, "Well, I, I love you," and just walked on, walked upstairs. I was like, "No, oh, okay, just run away." Just run away. Oh, oh me. So I mean, that, that's week one, brother. And I mean, you got this week. Then you guys are going out of town, right? Yeah, Thursday, the Nelsons are going on vacation. Oh, my gosh. That podcast will be awesome whenever. Oh, man. Because the Nelsons rarely go. And so when they do, it's going to be good. So, <laughs> oh, I can't wait for that one. I can't wait for that one. So you got that coming up, and then you go back to state the yeah. next week. And so then it will be Alpha Campa, right? Yeah. Oh, Alpha Campa will be strong. So we hear all of those stories. So, man, 
<laughs> what a week. And and here I am. I'm like sitting here. I'm like, well, you know, I got one more week with Wade, and then he goes back to school, and then I'm stuck with a bunch of young guys, which, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're solid and everything, but it's not my boys, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So um, I miss working there, you know. I, you know me, I can't sit around, so but I do miss working. So, so seriously, what are you going to do this week? Oh, well, I don't know. Tomorrow, I really don't know. Uh, tomorrow, I guess I'm going to trim the shrubs around the house early in the morning. That way it's not too hot. And, are you uh, cleared for that? I'm, I'm sure. You're sure? Um, yeah, yeah. My I, dad's a pharmacist. I'm about to go in here and inform my, my wife, who's had the surgery twice and is also a nurse. And by the way, I, I've got to take up just a quick issue with you, very quick. Y'all have some, some under-the-table agreement. Y'all shake hands or something. Because and it, it must be the sinuses like connection that's going on because yeah. y'all just like get along y'all are just like she's almost your yes man and you're her yes man and all this <laughs> stuff. The other day when Aubrey and I were just really just belittling you about getting out too fast, she was like, "Well, Andrew, he can't just sit around." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> if this was me, if it was well, me, you would be dogging me about getting out of my chair." And she's okay with you doing what you choose to do. Well, no, somebody's got to be on my team. Sick. So, well, boy, you act like nobody not, on your team. Not to, nobody's on my team. Are you kidding? I'm a man on my own island over here. So, if anybody follows the Instagram page, you will see that I have found uh, Andrew's doppelganger, and it is Ric Flair, okay? <laughs> that boy, is the greatest thing ever. The Nature Boy, a.k.a. the Golden Boy. Did you see the one I put up this past week of you and Wade talking? Me and Wade? Oh, I saved it, man. I went and watched the video. I saved it. It's great. The reason I put up Wade's, that's Razor Ramon, and he wore, like, just tons of gold chains. (laughs) That's why I put it there. Oh, man. All right. We've ran over, but, man, it's been a great show talking about Ruth, closing that out. Again, we'll be going to Act 6 next week and then also talking about your week this past week. So, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of things happen on the Instagram page. We're going to have to keep it active because me and Andrew aren't together. So we're going to have to be, you're going to have a show that's packed full of stories because we're going to share stories with each other on the podcast. So you're going to trust me this Nelson vacation. We're going to have a lot of stories. I can Uh, promise you that. I can't wait. All right, Andrew, you got anything you want to say? Anything you want to leave everybody with for this week? Uh, if you're a busy person, take time to relax. I'm only going to say that because I'm going on vacation and I've been in retirement for two weeks. So, uh, just take time to relax. It, you know, it helps you, uh, it helps you refocus. Um, it helps you get, you know, little things done around the house. If you got to have, you know, got to have those things done, but, uh, just take some time to relax time to yourself. If your life is stressful, please do that. It helps so much. Helps you refocus and get your priorities straight. Man, that's good. That's good. Take time to relax. Kick back. Sun in the sand. That's where you're headed, right? So I can't wait. All right, man. Don't rub it in too much because I've declared no vacations around my house. But, <laughs> but anyways. All right. So this is uh, Mike and Andrew with the 1 to 5 podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 125 underscore podcast. And uh, join us next week. Uh, go back in, into the archives. Subscribe to this. You know, follow us. All that kind of good stuff. Tell your friends about it. It's a fun podcast. Hopefully it's an an encouraging podcast and uh, we really enjoy doing it and going to keep going as long as, uh, as long as we can. So uh, we really enjoy it. Thank you guys for listening. And Andrew, I will be seeing you and be talking to you. We're going to hit up B-dubs this week. Can't wait for that. Can't wait. (laughs) All right, man. We'll see you and we'll see all our listeners out there. Y'all have a good week. See ya.